This is day 40 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be reading Joshua chapter 9 through 13 today. Please bear with me as we go through this. I am in the middle of traveling and my environment is not as quiet as I'm used to. Hopefully I've been able to edit out as much of the background noise as possible. Lord Heavenly Father, we praise you this morning. Your mercies are fresh and new every day. Your love for us never ends. And you always look for ways to honor us and to give us goodness in our lives. And we thank you for that. May we honor you with our lips, with our heart, with our actions. And today, please bring us into your word to examine the truth that's in it, that we may be changed by it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now it came about when all the kings who were beyond the Jordan, in the hill country and in the lowland, and on all the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, heard of it, that they gathered themselves together with one accord to fight with Joshua and with Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they also acted craftily and set out as envoys and took worn-out sacks on their donkeys and wineskins worn out and torn and mended and worn-out and patched sandals on their feet and worn-out clothes on themselves and all the bread of their provision was dry and had become crumbled. They went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now therefore, make a covenant with us. The men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you are living within our land. How then shall we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. Then Joshua said to them, Who are you? And where do you come from? They said to him, Your servants have come from a very far country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard the report of him and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions in your hand for the journey, and go to meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now then, make a covenant with us. This our bread was warm when we took it for our provisions out of our houses on the day that we left to come to you. But now behold, it is dry and has become crumbled. These wineskins which we filled were new, and behold, they are torn. And these are clothes, and our sandals are worn out because of the very long journey. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions and did not seek the counsel of the Lord. Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the leaders of the congregation swore an oath to them. It came about at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that they were neighbors and that they were living within their land. 
Then the sons of Israel set out and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, and Chephorah, and Berah, and Kiriath-Jerim. The sons of Israel did not strike them, because of the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord the God of Israel. And the whole congregation grumbled against the leaders. But all the leaders said to the whole congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we cannot touch them. This we will do to them, even let them live, so that wrath will not be upon us for the oath which we swore to them. The leader said to them, Let them live. So they became hewers of wood and drawers of water for the whole congregation, just as the leaders had spoken to them. Then Joshua called for them and spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you, when you are living within our land? Now therefore you are cursed, and you shall never cease being slaves, both hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told your servants, that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land, and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. Therefore we feared greatly for our lives because of you, and we have done this thing. Now behold, we are in your hands. Do as it seems good and right in your sight to do to us. Thus he did to them, and delivered them from the hands of the sons of Israel and they did not kill them. But Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord to this day, in the place which he would choose. Now it came about when Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were within their land, that they feared greatly, because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. Therefore Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, sent word to Hoham, king of Hebron, and to Piram, king of Jarmuth, and to Japhiah king of Lachish, and to Debir king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me, and help me, and let us attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the sons of Israel. So the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered together and went up. They, with all their armies, and camped by Gibeon, and fought against it. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly, and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, 
for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel, and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon, and stuck them as far as Azekah and Machedah. As they fled from before Israel, while they were at the descent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was no day like that before it or after it, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. Now these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in the cave at Machedah. It was told Joshua, saying, The five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Machedah. Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and assign men by it to guard them. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies and attack them in the rear. Do not allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. It came about when Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished slaying them with a very great slaughter until they were destroyed, and the survivors who remained of them had entered the fortified cities that all the people returned to the camp, to Joshua, at Machedah, in peace. Not one uttered a word against any of the sons of Israel. Then Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave, and bring these five kings out to me from the cave. They did so, and brought these five kings out to him from the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. When they brought these kings out to Joshua, Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came near and put their feet on their necks. Joshua then said to them, Do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. So afterward Joshua struck them and put them to death, and he hanged them on five trees, and they hung on the trees until evening. It came about at sunset that Joshua gave a command, and they took them down from the trees 
and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves, and put large stones over the mouth of the cave to this very day. Now Joshua captured Machedah on that day, and struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. He left no survivor. Thus he did to the king of Machedah, just as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Machedah to Libna, and fought against Libna. The Lord gave it also with its king into the hands of Israel, and he struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor in it. Thus he did to its king, just as he had done to the king of Jericho. And Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Libna to Lachish, and they camped by it and fought against it. The Lord gave Lachish into the hands of Israel, and he captured it on the second day, and struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword, according to all that he had done to Libna. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish, and Joshua defeated him and his people until he had left them no survivor. And Joshua and all Israel with them passed on from Lachish to Eglon, and they camped by it and fought against it. They captured it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed that day every person who was in it according to all that he had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron, and they fought against it. They captured it and struck it and its king and all its cities and all the persons who were in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor, according to all that he had done to Eglon, and he utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to Debir, and they fought against it. He captured it and its king and all its cities, and they struck them with the edge of the sword, and utterly destroyed every person who was in it. He left no survivor. Just as he had done to Hebron, so he did to Debir and its king, also as he had done to Libna and its king. Thus Joshua struck all the land, the hill country, and the Negev, and the lowlands, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left no survivor, but he utterly destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea, even as far as Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even as far as Gibeon. Joshua captured all these kings and their lands at one time, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. So Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. Then it came about, when Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of it, that he sent to Jobab, king of Madan, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaph, and to the kings who were of the northern hill country, and in the Arabah, 
south of Chinneroth, and in the lowland, and on the heights of Dor, on the west, to the Canaanite on the east, and on the west, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Jebusite in the hill country, and the Hivite at the foot of Hermon, in the land of Mizpah. They came out, they and all their armies with them, as many people as the sand that is on the seashore, with very many horses and chariots. So all these kings, having agreed to meet, came and encamped together at the waters of Maram to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid because of them, for tomorrow at this time I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war with him came upon them suddenly by the waters of Merom and attacked them. The Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel so that they defeated them and pursued them as far as great Sidon and Mizraphoth Maim and the valley of Mizpah to the east. And they struck them until no survivor was left to them. Joshua did to them as the Lord had told him. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. Then Joshua turned back at that time and captured Hazor and struck its king with the sword. For Hazor formerly was the head of all those kingdoms. They struck every person who was in it with the edge of the sword utterly destroying them. There was no one left who breathed, and he burned Hazor with fire. Joshua captured all the cities of these kings and all their kings, and he struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. However, Israel did not burn any cities that stood on their mounds except Hazor alone which Joshua burned. All the spoil of these cities and the cattle the sons of Israel took as their plunder. But they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. They left no one who breathed. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Thus Joshua took all that land, the hill country and all the Negev, all that land of Goshen, the lowland, the Arabah, the hill country of Israel, and its lowland from Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, even as far as Baal Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, at the foot of Mount Hermon. And he captured all their kings and struck them down and put them to death. Joshua waged war a long time with all these kings. There was not a city which made peace with the sons of Israel except the Hivites living in Gibeon. They took them all in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts, to meet Israel in battle, in order that he might utterly destroy them that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. 
Then Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim from the hill country, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. There were no Anakim left in the land of the sons of Israel. Only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod some remained. So Joshua took the whole land, according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel, according to their divisions by their tribes. Thus the land had rest from war. Now these are the kings of the land whom the sons of Israel defeated, and whose land they possessed beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, from the valley of the Arnon as far as Mount Hermon, and all the Arabah to the east. Sion, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and ruled from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, both the middle of the valley and half of Gilead, even as far as the brook Jabbok, the border of the sons of Ammon, and the Arabah, as far as the Sea of Chinroth, toward the east, and as far as the Sea of the Arabah, even the Salt Sea, eastward toward Beth-Jeshemoth, and on the south at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah, and the territory of Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of Rephaim, who lived at Ashtaroth and at Edrei, and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salika and all Bashan, as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Maacathites, and half of Gilead, as far as the border of Sion, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the sons of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh as a possession. Now these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the sons of Israel defeated beyond the Jordan toward the west, from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon, even as far as Mount Halak, which rises toward Seir. And Joshua gave it to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions. In the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, on the slopes, and in the wilderness, and in the Negev, the Hittite, the Amorite, and the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Geder, one. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adullam, one. The king of Makeda, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Aphek, one. The king of Lasharon, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazor, one. The king of Shimron Moran, one. The king of Akshaf, one. 
the king of Tanakh, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kadesh, one, the king of Jachnium in Carmel, one, the king of Dor in the heights of Dor, one, the king of Goim in Gilgal, one, the king of Tirzah, one, in all thirty-one kings. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and very much of the land remains to be possessed. This is the land that remains, all the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites from the Shihor, which is east of Egypt, even as far as the border of Ekron to the north. It is counted as Canaanite. The five lords of the Philistines, the Gazite, the Ashdodite, the Ashkelonite, the Gittite, the Akronite, and the Avite to the south, all the land of the Canaanite, and Miera, which belongs to the Sidonians, as far as Aphek, to the border of the Amorite, and the land of the Gebelite, and all of Lebanon toward the east, from Baal Gad, below Mount Hermon, as far as Libo Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon as far as Misrafoth Maim, all the Sidonians, I will drive them out from before the sons of Israel. Only allot it to Israel for an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now therefore, apportion this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. With the other half tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond the Jordan to the east, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to them. From Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, with the city, which is in the middle of the valley, and all the plain of Mediba, as far as Daban, and all the cities of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the border of the sons of Ammon, and Gilead, and the territory of the Geshurites and Maacathites, and all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan, as far as Salika, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and in Edrei. He alone was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. For Moses struck them and dispossessed them. But the sons of Israel did not dispossess the Geshurites or the Maacathites, for Geshur and Maacath live among Israel until this day. Only to the tribe of Levi he did not give an inheritance. The offerings by fire to the Lord, the God of Israel, are their inheritance, as he spoke to them. So Moses gave an inheritance to the tribe of the sons of Reuben, according to their families. Their territory was from Aroer, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, with the city which is in the middle of the valley, and all the plain by Mediba, Heshbon, and all its cities which are on the plain, Deban, and Bamath Baal, and Beth Baal Meon, and Jahaz, and Kedemoth, and Mephath, and Kiriathim, and Sibna, and Zareth Shahar, on the hill of the valley, and Beth Peor, and the slopes of Pisgah, 
and Beth Jeshemoth, even all the cities of the plain, and all the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses struck with the chiefs of Midian, Evi, and Rechem, and Zur, and Hur, and Reba, the princes of Sion, who lived in the land. The sons of Israel also killed Balaam, the son of Beor, the diviner, with the sword among the rest of their slain. The border of the sons of Reuben was the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the sons of Reuben, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Moses also gave an inheritance to the tribe of Gad, to the sons of Gad, according to their families. Their territory was Jazer, and all the cities of Gilead, and half the land of the sons of Ammon, as far as Aroer, which is before Rabbah, and from Heshbon as far as Ramath Mizpah and Betonim, and from Mahanaim as far as the border of Debir, and in the valley Beth Haram and Beth Nimrah and Succoth and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sion, king of Heshbon, with the Jordan as a border, as far as the lower end of the Sea of Chinnereth, beyond the Jordan to the east. This is the inheritance of the sons of Gad, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Moses also gave an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh, and it was for the half-tribe of the sons of Manasseh, according to their families. Their territory was from Mahanaim, all Bashan, all the kingdoms of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, sixty cities. Also half of Gilead, with Ashtaroth and Adrei, the cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan, were from the sons of Machir, the son of Manasseh, for half of the sons of Machir, according to their families. These are the territories which Moses apportioned for an inheritance in the plains of Moab, beyond the Jordan, at Jericho, to the east. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses did not give an inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance, as he had promised to them. All right, so now we start in chapter 9 with the deception of the people of Gibeon, who pretended to be some nation far away and purposely made themselves look ragged and like they had been traveling for a very long time because they were afraid for their lives. They had a deep fear of the Lord and being demolished by them. Did they make a big mistake by making peace with these people? Well, this was in their instructions by God that they were to wipe out these people because the people of Gibeon were Hivites, right? They were one of the people that was constantly named as being the enemies of God. And so he was. they were supposed to wipe them off the face of the earth. And so two things I can see happen here. First of all, they sinned against the Lord by not asking God if this was something they should do. Instead, they took it in their own power to make peace with these people. And therefore, because they made peace with them, 
They made a covenant in the Lord's name. They were protected. But I think also beyond that, even though God's word is absolute, and this was a subversion, if you will, of God's will, as a result of making peace with them, they became servants, slaves, if you will, of Israel. But you see that they had a healthy fear of the Lord. And the Bible is clear about this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, knowing that our God is compassionate and merciful, he spared these people because they feared him. You don't see any other tribe or any other people in Canaan do this. There were no others that respected the Lord's power and were afraid of him. Therefore, I think that might be part of it as well, is that because of their fear of the Lord, they were allowed to live. Not only by, of course, they made a covenant in the name of the Lord, and he cannot deny himself, of course, but this goes within God's compassion and his mercy. Don't forget that he does not want to wipe these people out, but they had to completely eradicate them because, one, they were so wicked, but secondly is, again, as a reminder, it's hard to read this because they left no survivor in all these cities they conquered because of their idolatry, their sin that was going to lead Israel astray. They would have captured them with their lusts. And we'll see later that near the end of our reading today, there were still areas that had not been captured. They had not captured all of the land that God told them to capture yet. And you'll see that they never do finish the job, which is part of the reason why Israel struggles so much, because they have never fully kept the word of the Lord in anything they've done. But you'll see that more of the land will be captured here next time. Then you see in chapter 10 something absolutely amazing. Two miraculous things that happened here. One is hailstones. God sends hailstones to destroy the enemies of Israel. So that's crazy. We don't know how big these hailstones are, but it does say that the hailstones killed more people than Israel killed. So God was actively destroying these people. Now, I don't know this for a fact, so don't quote me on this, but we, if we believe that the earth is as old as the Bible says it is, the earth is only about 6,000 years old. And there's something that is historically accurate that isn't really described anywhere in great length in the Bible, but there's something called the Ice Age that scientists believe happened about 12,000 years ago, where the whole earth froze over, etc. My personal belief is that the Ice Age happened around this time. That there were parts of the world, if not all of it, that was under some form of an Ice Age. And this was as a result of the flood of, during Noah's time. I think that the flood caused some sort of an ice age because you see parts of the Bible where it talks about frost 
in great length. It talks about ice, and it talks about large glaciers. My point is, is that um, I think there was a form of an ice age going on at that time. But again, I'm not a scientist, and the Bible doesn't clearly state it, so that's just my speculation. Now, this is something that really happened. And anybody that tries to explain it otherwise is lying to themselves. But there was a supernatural event that happened here that has never been repeated ever. And this was when they were pursuing these Amorites. Joshua was running out of daylight. And he asked the most ridiculous thing of all, but God did it. He said, Lord... I need the sun to stand still in the sky for more time so that I can see these people and that I can wipe them out as you want me to. And it very literally stood still. And that's the Hebrew word that you see here in chapter 10, verse 13. You see where he says, O sun, stand still. It is a verb in Hebrew for motion, indicating a slowing or stopping of the rotation of the earth. So we see that in some miraculous way, God stopped the rotation of the earth for a whole day. Now, it didn't affect it going around the sun, to be clear, from what we know. But he stopped the rotation of the earth so that they could have more daylight hours. Is this the only place that we see this? In the Bible, yes, but this is not the only place in human history where you see this. I read somewhere that they found an old astrology manuscripts in ancient China, and it clearly states on there that some scholar at that time notated that one day was way longer than the rest, and it coincided with this time period. Isn't that amazing? That even the, outside the Bible, the Bible is proven to be true. There was literally a day where the earth's rotation stopped, and the sun stood in the sky for almost a whole full another day. That's amazing. Now, after this event, it also says here, is it not written in the book of Jasher? Now, this was not the first time that a book was mentioned. We had also read in earlier books that there was another source identified that we don't really know about. The book of Jasher, we don't really know what it is except being a uh, a collection of songs that uh, praise the heroes of Israel, but it is not one of the books of the Bible. And as far as we know, we have no record of what that book actually is. We have no surviving copy of it. But regardless, it's not scripture, so it doesn't really matter. But it does say that the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was no day like that before it or after it. When the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. God was faithful. He made a command to them to wipe them out completely. And he knew 
that they needed the help. But beyond that, Joshua had faith in God that he could accomplish something so ridiculous. You know, what we would consider to be impossible, he understood that God could do it, and God did it. Fantastic. Then we see the rest of the story where we see a bunch of these nations get, getting conquered one by one by one by one. They all gang up against Israel. Israel wins because the Lord is with them. And you see that clearly in some parts here what it'll say, the Lord struck them down. To make it very clear, it wasn't just Israel just being very skilled in battle. It says clearly that the Lord struck them down. He used Israel as an extension of himself, but let's be very clear. This was the Lord's battle. He had declared war against the Canaanite people from a while back, and it was his victory. And it's because, as we saw, when they went against the, the city of Ai, they lost without God's protection. But when the Lord was on their side and they trusted in him to get them through it, they were successful. And that's the whole point. God is our banner in our personal battles, too. So if we don't have him as commander of our life and in our personal wars, you know, not only as spiritual warfare, but also just in the day-to-day -day struggles we have, if we don't involve him in those things, then our chances of victory are slim, if not non-existent because God causes all things to be. And if we don't trust him with the results, then we risk not having God's blessing in it. So no matter how big the opposition was, God got them through it, and he reminded them, saying, don't be afraid of them. I will deliver them to you. The battle's already been won. I've declared it so. It will guaranteed happen. You just need to go destroy them, like I told you. And then you see them start portioning out the land. But you see here at chapter 13 that Joshua's getting really old. You know, he's estimated this time to be between 90 to 100 years old. So he's beyond the point where he can go out there and fight unless he had the same vigor that Moses had. But it doesn't mention that he does. So he probably just is very old. So then... While he's still old and still around, he starts dividing up the land. And that's what we're going to see tomorrow. That we're going to see the land starting to be given out according to uh, what was allotted to each group. But we're not done with Joshua yet. We still have a couple of days more to go to Joshua. Um, we still have some areas to conquer. We still have some territory to settle. And we still have uh, more land to be given out. So we're not done with Joshua yet. He hasn't died on us yet. And he's not going to for a bit. Now, the last thing I'll say, when God talks about what is left of the land to conquer for, with Joshua, he mentions one of the most prominent ones that we'll see, which is the Philistines. There's going to be cities that will sound familiar to you as we go through other later portions of Scripture because 
Israel never conquers the Philistines, and they will be a constant thorn in their side for the next few hundred years. Now, it also mentions something that to keep in mind is near the end of chapter 11, where it says about the, the Anakim, the giants. All the giants were killed out of Israel. None were left, except for these particular cities. Gaza, Gath, and in Ashdod. Those three cities still had giants. Because in a book that we're going to get to soon, it will mention a giant that is very famous to us. Goliath. And it will say that Goliath is from Gath. So that is one of the lands that was not taken by Israel. And so the giants were not eliminated from the, their territory, and this is going to be one of those places where their champion, Goliath, comes from. So, it all comes full circle when it with all the things that Israel did not do according to God's command. So, we need to be careful to do everything that God commands us to do. Not just do it in part, or do it half-heartedly, but to do it in complete obedience to the very letter of it but yet understanding the spirit of it. Okay? We, have to, we can't say it's just all legalism, right? Because we're not Pharisees here. If God gives us a direct command, we have to do it exactly as he said. And that's what Israel did not do. But that's all I have for today. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Ryan, and have a great day. Take care, and God bless you.